We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up and welcome to the uncontested postgame podcast. The Oklahoma City Thunder fall to the Miami Heat 108-94. I'm joined by Giancarlo Navas of the Miami Heat Beat podcast, part of the Blue Wire family. How's it going? I'm going great. Uh, It's nice that uh, the team I cover won. Uh, That doesn't happen often anymore. (laughs) And uh, sorry, I've been hiccuping. You saw me me pregame trying to drink water to get these hiccups out, but... Uh, I'm doing good, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited. Blue Wire Mafia, as always, you know, got got to rep and support uh, the the fam. Absolutely. And so when you when you look at the the box score after the game, so it ends up being a, a 14 point Miami Heat win. You look at some of the this general stats: field goal percentage, three point percentage, free throw percentage. A lot of that was fairly consistent. You see Miami with a, a, a plus 10 in the assist department and a plus 8 in rebounds. Um, I mean, from your lens, like, this was a, a pretty close game for you know three quarters. Fourth quarter comes around, Oklahoma City gets really, really cold, and, and Miami really pulls away. In your eyes, what changed going into that fourth quarter, and, and what was the, the biggest reason Miami is able to pull out the win? It was funny because I had tweeted out right before uh, the, the the fourth quarter started. I was like, well, Jimmy got them the lead, right? So so the, the, the big knock on them is when Jimmy sits, their offense goes to total crap. When Jimmy and Goron aren't on the – like when one of Jimmy or Goron aren't playing, their offense is like in the 90s in terms of offensive rating. It's been really tough, and Bam can't really captain an offense by himself. Part of that is just the depth around him, and they just have no – 
north-south pressure on the rim, they just run what I call the revolving door of handoffs, uh, <laughs> where they have a handoff and then, like, you know, if a team switches or if they don't really get the advantage that they want, they just kind of flip that into another handoff. So uh, Jimmy gets them the lead. They go into the fourth quarter. I, I'm I'm kind of worried. I'm kind of nervous. But, I mean, really what it came down to was Duncan kind of came alive. Um, he was soul-searching <laughs> that first half. And really throughout this whole road trip, he's really struggled. Um, I thought Oklahoma City did a really good job kind of putting bigger, longer wings on him because that's been kind of the, the book on him to kind of slow him down a little bit, kind of switch those handoffs blitz him kind of give him different looks don't let him get comfortable because he's you know at the end of the day he is a he's just a a shooter and a rhythm player like it's going to be tough if you're really asking him to play make and I thought you know OKC did a really good job of that uh but you know without Horford they're a little small and you know once Bam can kind of attack those seams it puts a lot of pressure on them and it gets really tough so I just kind of thought that part of the game opened up for them a bit um and, and that's really to me what was the difference maker with with um Duncan and, and Struess finally getting some shots. Yeah, it's interesting because the the Thunder, even with Al Horford, are still super, super small. It's been their thing all year. Mark Dagnall likes to play um, kind of positionless. He actually talked about the Warriors pregame today with guys like Andre Guadalla and Draymond Green back in kind of the glory days of the Warriors. Um, those guys could pull down a board playing the the four or the five and, and just push the ball. That's really what he's done all season. You see Mike Muscala playing a lot of center. You see Isaiah Roby playing center, who's actually more of a, a small forward, power forward. And so that's been his thing. And it's, it's been surprising. There hasn't been a ton of games this year where Oklahoma City is, has really struggled with real big men just absolutely dominating a game. Um, I don't know if that's defensive scheme. I don't know if that's just because they haven't played some of the premier centers in the league yet. But that has been something um, that's been different than Thunder teams in the past with guys like Steven Adams. Um, and, and so looking at Miami, obviously coming off of a NBA Finals appearance, it's been kind of a rough season. Um, they're now sitting at 13 and 17, good for 10th in the East. I'm sure you didn't think this is where we'd be 30 games in. Um, what's what's gone wrong for the Heat thus far, and and what can they do to get back on track to to get back to that championship level? So anytime you talk about the Heat's kind of underperformance this season, it has to start with there was a, a two-and-a-half-week period where they were ravaged by COVID. Uh, Jimmy plus many others missed time, uh, and they were rolling out Tyler Hero with Gabe Vincent, uh, Chris Silva, um, Max Struess, and Andre Godala as starters. Casey Akpala, whatever, right? Now, like These guys that are playing in garbage time, or the dude starting for them plus Tyler Hero, right? So that has to, we have to keep that in mind that that they really have not looked good. And since Jimmy came back, so on January 30th uh, against the Kings, they've been above 500. They have a positive point differential. Their defense is good for second in the league. Uh, they're doing they're they're 12th in rebound percentage, which they were getting bludgeoned on the boards uh, prior to that. Uh, they're really they're second in contested three-point attempts. Uh, they're eighth in opponent field goal attempts at the rim. So they're, they've done a really good job on defense. And I think that the, the, the story of the season can be told in two parts. Before COVID, they're outbreak and after. Uh, what really has been their issue is their offense is total poop. And, and I think if you watch this game after brick after brick after brick in that first half, I, I think it, it becomes obvious that they don't have anybody to pressure the rim outside of Jimmy and Goran Dragic. And I think Tyler Hero, while he was out today, 
is a guy that's not really getting to the cup a lot. I mean, he does have a lot of the bag. He can't get to his spots. He can't get into the paint, get that little floater going. His pull-up jumper has been really, really good this season. He's like in the 70th or 80th percentile on, on pull-ups. Last time I checked, as a pick-and-roll ball handler, he's like at 1.5, 1.15 points per possession. So he's been good, but he's not a get-into-the-teeth-of-the-defense kind of guy and really put pressure on the rim to draw help. He's not doing that. Jimmy's manipulating defenses and so is Dragic Tyler Hero is more kind of reacting to them so their offense has been bad since Jimmy's come back to 24th in offensive rating their 28th in turnover percentage uh their 25th in three-point percentage their 10th in three-point attempts so they're shooting a bunch and they're missing a bunch their seventh fewest in field goal attempts at the rim and their 30th in points off turnovers they don't offensive rebound they don't get an easy bucket so I, I think that those kind of numbers kind of illustrate everything that's wrong with them and I think if you watch the game you can kind of see there's not a lot offensively there. I think Spolster has tried to make wine at uh, wine out of water. Has it worked? Dragic will come back eventually. I don't think Dragic will take them from the 24th best offense to the seventh like they were last year. But you kind of hope that with the defense kind of being really good, as long as they can get to middle of the packish, and then you can kind of get to the trade deadline and then see what you got. Yeah, that's that's kind of Miami's thing. Is when I look at them, they're a team that when they're cold, they're really cold. But when they're hot, like you saw like tonight in the fourth quarter, they start hitting some threes and they really pull away. And that's that's kind of what we saw in the in the the postseason run last year. They got hot at the right time. They were making shots. They had guys that like, like Goran Dragic that were just having absolutely insane runs. And and I'm hoping that they can turn it around. I want the the Eastern Conference has been fairly disappointing this year. I'd like to see a team like Miami get back in the mix. And and you mentioned back a little bit on that for a second. Love, love you too. Because I think a lot of people say that like they got hot at the right time, and if you look at their postseason numbers, their all their shooting splits are in line with what they were doing in the regular season. Nobody, Goran played a little bit above his level, but it's not anything unreasonable. Everybody about shot what they shoot on spot ups. I think Duncan actually took a hit. Uh, because teams are just so keyed in and focused on him. I mean, Chris Middleton was guarding him in the Buck series, for, for God's sake. And they had Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown on him in the Celtics series. And obviously the Lakers really keyed in on kind of stepping up on those handoffs. So other than Duncan, really, everybody had about an average shooting per season for them. Like they, they kind of kept in line. Their sets were all the same. Like they offensively, they were no different. I thought defensively they really stepped up. And I don't think people talk about that. I think that the defensive game plans were really good. Um, I, I don't, I always push back on that because I'm like, people always kind of say, oh, well, they caught fire. Look at Jay Crowder. I mean, Jay was kind of, Jay wasn't good in the playoffs as a shooter. He had one good series against the Bucks, but he was really bad against the Celtics, like really, really bad. And he couldn't hit anything against the Lakers either and wasn't good against Indiana. He had like a couple good games against the Bucks, which obviously helps, but the Bucks were like literally not guarding him. Um, so I've always pushed back on that. I'm like, well... I think that there's something to be said about, you know, they had a bunch of old guys that got three months off in the middle of the season and Dragic, you know, was suddenly really spry and healthy and he was finishing at the rim, you know, about what he was doing three years ago. And you could attribute part of that to their spacing and part of that to the rest. But I don't really think anybody, you know, caught fire per se. I think offensively all the numbers and, and the film will tell you that that's pretty much who they were in the regular season. The defense. That's fair. That's, that's what stepped, that's, up. stepped up. That's fair. I trust you. It's for for a guy out of market like me. Like obviously, I'm not watching near as many Heat games. I feel like last year, my perspective on the Heat coming into the playoffs, and you could probably go back and listen to some of our uh, our podcasts pre playoffs. I was really, really low 
on on the Miami Heat, and Me too. maybe it's maybe maybe it's just the sample set of games that I watched, but um, they looked like a different team in my eyes. But no, the if you look at the numbers, I'm I'm sure you're right that um, the the offense maybe wasn't all that different. So that's that's interesting. I may have to dive into that. Um, but you but you had mentioned a little bit ago with COVID and everything going on, um, the Heat were rolling out some interesting lineups. I guess you could say a lot of guys <laughs> that normally wouldn't be getting minutes. Um, are getting minutes, and while the Thunder are in a different situation, less COVID and injury-related, more just kind of rebuilding-related, you look at a lineup like tonight, and and this is a lineup that Thunder Twitter will call, um, you know, Thunder U or quote-unquote the kids, when you've got SGA, Teo Maladone, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, Isaiah Roby, and these are all guys that are anywhere from 19 to, you know, 23, 24 years old. Super young lineup not really household names out of SGA. So I've got a two-part question for you. I've been asking a lot of our guests this. Um, Both from your perspective, covering the NBA, obviously doing your homework on teams before the Heat play them, and then also from like a Miami Heat fans, like the the casual Miami Heat fans point of view, out of that starting five, how many guys do you think that people actually have heard of before? So – it's a little unfair to ask me because I play fantasy basketball and we have a big league. So, you know, kind of what we call the garbage, right? The waiver wire as we sift through the garbage. I, I will I will take a look at a Roby if you know what I mean, if if I really if this if it's a two game Tuesday, you know, I, I may be uh, I may be examining what, what Roby might do and I've looked into uh <laughs> rebound percentage and rebounds per 100 possessions because sometimes I, I was like hey, can, can this guy give me seven boards uh but my so so i'm a little unfair to ask uh and very nerdy of me but my co-host so we do a pregame show before every heat game and uh, I'm, I'm going through who are the possible starters because the thunder didn't, didn't really they take a little bit to release the starters and i i said ah probably roby is gonna start without um without uh you know Al Horford or or um, or Muscala because they like to play him at the five. And my coaches are like, you just made up a name. I was like, no, no, yeah, Isaiah Roby. And they go, that's not a that's not a real person. And, uh, also, they my, we didn't know that Lou Dort's name wasn't Lou. It's like Lou 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 Gens or something. Yeah, I was today years old when I learned that because I was trying to look at some lineup data on PBBStats.com and I was like, oh, I, I learned something today. What about what about Darius Baisley and, and Teo? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, no, that, that's no. interesting because you you talk to Thunder fans like like the the way they feel about Darius Baisley and Teo Maladone like like people. There was a poll that we put out back when uh, Marvin Bagley and his his dad was saying all that stuff on Twitter, like trade him. And we put out a poll that said, would you trade Darius Baisley straight up for Marvin Bagley? And Thunder fans freaked out. They were like, absolutely not. So it's funny. I'm sure Every it's this. Fan base is like that. Oh, yeah. It's like you you get attached to these guys. And like Teo is a, the 34th overall pick. And people are already trying to say, oh, maybe he should have been a, a lottery pick. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, you look at his numbers and they're, they're actually pretty good. Like they're all much better than you know, the 34th best player in his class, but it's also, you know, what, 30 games into all these guys' careers. So like, let's, let's pump the brakes. So that, that's interesting to hear your perspective. Do you want the lineup data on? So I, I actually pulled it up the lineup data of those five together. What do you think they're, they're doing uh, per hundred possessions in their net rating? They have 43 minutes together. 
six and a half. Minus 39. With a 97 offensive rating and a 136 defensive rating. And that's that's uh that's Roby playing the five for Al Horford and uh Teo playing the two for, for George Hill. That's interesting. I I feel like they'd have played more minutes than that, to be honest. Yeah, forty three, um, on the lower end, so they're actually really good when it's um I see I can't really see positive lineup data if did this permutation. Oh, here we go. We got Roby and Darius Baisley on with Shea Dort and uh Theo off their Plus twenty eight in thirty four minutes. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, well, SGA. I want to talk about him for a little bit. You know, obviously, awesome. all star reserves are coming out tomorrow. I personally think there's no chance he gets in the all star game. I I don't think he's got the the hype around him. You know, there's all these big names. John Morant is is a more sexy candidate. You've got Devin Booker. You've got CP3. You've got Zion. All these kinds of guys that he's going to be competing with for a spot just are, are playing, quite frankly, for more Conley. exciting teams and their bigger names. Conley as well, that the Jazz are playing awesome. However, if you, like, actually look at the numbers and take those guys' names out of the equation, I'm less of a um, put how your team is doing into the into the mix. I think if you're playing at an all-star level it shouldn't matter i know a lot of people are quite the opposite um but shea's putting up 22.6 points a game 6.5 assist 5.3 rebound and doing it efficiently at um 50 on the floor and 40 percent from beyond the arc there's only one other guy that's doing that in the league right now it's Nikola Jokic. he's just ultra efficient i know it's easy to say empty stats he's playing for the thunder but he literally led the team in scoring last year Playing devil's advocate, first of all, tell me, do you think he deserves to be an all-star this year? And whether the answer is yes or no, play devil's advocate and tell me, from your point of view, why SGA is so special. So I think I want to start with the so special part first because the dude is a flat-out great two-way player. I mean, the length and the kind of intuition on defense is amazing. Uh, Gave Jimmy hell when he was on him. Um, I think he's really smart. I think he knows how to navigate space really well. I think he's really relentless in attacking the rim. And kind of from a Miami's perspective, when we don't have a lot of guys like that, I'm like, oh, it's kind of nice that, you know, they he really gets downhill. Um, he's great. And I think defensively, I, I think he's special. I think the, the, the length, the wingspan is really important. I think kind of his switchability in this you know in this league you need to switch you need to get over screens well and Miami runs a lot of screen actions off ball he was really really good today Miami loves that I mean when Miami was trying those little guard pin downs or that little pistol action with Jimmy screening for Duncan kind of in the corner I thought he played that really well that that's usually free points uh and, and he was great and, and the Thunder are are not a good offensive team but their defense is surviving and a big part of that is because of him um I would say that he's not an all-star for a lot of reasons. I think that the West is really stacked with a lot of really good guards that are playing really well for really good teams. And I think that when you have a lot of guys that are kind of in the similar boat, you kind of got to, you kind of got to start nitpicking, right? So you, 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 one of the things is record. One of the things I like to do is I kind of look at, well, what, what, how, what's your impact when you're on the court versus off the court. So when Shea's on the court, the, the Thunder are losing uh, the, those minutes by minus seven net rating in 813 minutes. When he's off the court, they're minus three net rating in 642 minutes so they're a little better when he sits uh obviously that that data is noisy right but it's just it's tough when your team's better without you 
Um, Zach Levine has this issue too. The, the 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 Bulls are much better when Zach Levine sits, and part of that you can cr- clearly see the de- the defense. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the big reason why. Right. And with Shea's case, it's like that. He has a 116 defensive rating on the court. Now, that's not his fault, right? That's not his fault. Um, but you, you kind of, when you're hair splitting, right? Like when you're looking at a guy like Conley or Donovan Mitchell, right, or, or Chris Paul, and they're playing winning minutes all the time when they're on the floor and their numbers are comparable, right, and they're doing kind of similar things defensively, then that's where it starts getting hard, especially when you don't have the record to back it up. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. Indeed.com slash blue wire offer valid through June 30th terms and conditions apply. That's fair. No, that's, that's very fair. It's good. It's good to hear some, some perspective from outside the, uh, the Thunder organization. Cause I mean, you probably see it every night whenever, um, the past week, anytime the Thunder have played there, there's been media questions to, you know, Mark Dignall. There's been questions to SGA's teammates and all of them are like, of course they're going to say this too. It's like, yeah, he's an all-star. He's an all-star. And we're getting into these, these crazy numbers that, we're trying to put him in a light that, that he should be an all-star. Um, I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's there's no question that he will be an all-star in the next five years. Sure. Like, there's there's no sure. question about it. 
I mean, like, wacky things happen. Like, even if he's not, like, one of the first guys picked, you know, somebody, you know, has a sore knee and can't make an all-star game, and he'll certainly at least, at the very least, be one of those reserves. I mean, he's a two-way player, and I think that the thing that's going to hurt him, and it, it's unfortunate because I don't think he'll ever get voted in a starter unless he, like, takes a leap that, you know, we're not expecting. That 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 part's hard. I mean, that's a popularity contest with, with the names, the guys that have the sneaker deals and all that. Uh, but, well, you know, when coaches are voting for that, I think there's a little bias there as well, that they, coaches tend to reward winning a lot. So, I, I mean, the Thunder organization is obviously, you know, one of the flagships in terms of how well they're run. Obviously, you know, the book is out on Sam Presti. I mean, who hasn't said good things about him? Uh, obviously, they're always a competitive team. And, and they have they have something, right? Him and, and Dort, there's something there. They have a lot of young pieces. They have a treasure trove of assets that I, I don't know when they will pull the trigger on, uh, but they they certainly, when they feel like they're close, they will be able to get somebody that's unhappy somewhere. And even if they don't want to commit long-term, like Paul George at the time, uh, they can they can get people in the door. And I think they've proven that with their kind of asset management and, and they're a good organization. So I, I think certainly he has a really good chance in the next five years. I, I don't know if it's a for sure thing, because I do think that record is going to be a big part of that. But I think, I think more than if I had to bet, I would bet. Yep. Yeah. And I, I honestly, w- whether it's three years from now, five years from now, when the Thunder are once again a a true playoff contender, I don't know when they'll be a championship contender again. That's that's something that's impossible to predict. There's so many variables. But when they're a playoff contender again, I think Shea is going to probably be the second best player on the team. I think that whether it's through drafting a guy or like you said, trading for a disgruntled star, I think if the Thunder are really going to be as good as they can be, he's going to be a number two guy. And that brings me to the question of if you're the Oklahoma city Thunder, looking at some of these guys in the upcoming draft, you've got um, the best of Oklahoma city's Miami's and Houston's picks. You get the best two of those three through all the pick swaps. Houston's is top four protected. But if you get a couple picks in the top 10, which it's looking pretty likely, Houston's playing pretty bad, Oklahoma City's probably not going to win many games, who are a couple guys that you see fitting alongside Shea and Alou Dort and some of these other guys that they're starting to build around? I think for sure. Like I've always been a guy that I I don't know, and and it's just funny coming from the person who covers Bam Adebayo's team and that he drafted a center behind him who's playing really well in presses. But I I don't think they need to splurge on a big. Right, I think that wings are a premium, and if you can get another one next to Shea, um, that's how you win championships, right? Because they have two guys that can switch and that swarm. And I thought something that was really impressive about today was how well, and kind of to the point kind of earlier about how they defend bigs, did a great job of swarming when Bam caught the ball kind of in that mid-post area where he likes to face up, especially smaller guys. They did a great job of swarming covering coming out to shooters and when they had to switch they switched they were very disciplined like that you do with wings right and and if they if they can get kind of a a four a three slash four wing right a guy that can play some small ball four or it can give you some minutes at the three yeah i'm not a draft guy to, to be honest with you i don't watch college basketball very much so i don't i don't i can't sit here and do names I, I, that one kid is good right car is what, what's the what's the kid at the top that everybody wants yeah, Cunningham. I know he's good, right? But I, I can't 
Uh, we we have a joke on, on Heapy when we do draft coverage. I kind of don't know what's going on, and we bring in. I, last time we brought in like Vicini and uh, somebody else. I forgot who. Uh, I don't like I said I don't follow draft, so my co-hosts are all excited and giddy to talk draft. I don't, but just just kind of the mold of player. Like I think a wing, kind of that three four guy, uh, help you defensively at the four, and then I think they're gonna have enough on the perimeter that they can kind of. You know, not, not not bargain hunt for a big, but they don't have to go seek a lottery talent center to anchor their defense because they're going to have so much versatility kind of in the wing and in the ball pressure. And, and to be honest, for me, um, I was never a huge draft guy. Like, I, I knew some of the top names. Um, Oklahoma City was never a lottery team. You know, the last time they picked in the lottery was Cameron Payne in like 2015 and he was even picked 13. Oh man, that's a long time ago. It's a long time. So we, I never really had a real desire. Like it was, I'm not going to go spend hours of my time researching guys in the late twenties. You know, that's, that's what Oklahoma city was always picking, but this year, and now with Sam Presti having all of these picks, it's like, uh, this, it's covering the team. You kind of got to know some of these guys coming up. If, if you're, if you're covering the thunder, imagine, imagine covering the heat and imagine doing, hours of draft coverages the years that you're in the lottery right and you talk to all these experts and all of a sudden they take bam out of bio who wasn't on anybody's freaking radar none of our drafts and, and we're sitting there frozen like why well, I, I don't know we didn't and we we, we have a, a yearly tradition of doing a live podcast every draft so we're just sitting there frozen and i sure as hell don't know who this guy is and i i turn to my co-host to look like a deer in headlights their eyes wide open and they're like excuse me they, they took who and then again with Tyler Hero, and then really again with Precious because I mean we were all like Maxi and and all this stuff. And then they take Precious, and we're all just kind of confused. We have barely covered him, and we're like, uh, why did they take another center? And you know, like it, it's it's so it's nauseating. The, they 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 pull a fast one on us every time. Yep, that is the word. But but for you guys, it's panned out. So it's it's good. I mean, with with the pick swaps and with where Oklahoma City's at, it would be. A strange world if they didn't get a top five pick. Well, hey, we'll uh, we'll get out of here now. Uh, appreciate you jumping on again. If you guys want to follow Giancarlo on Twitter, he is at gnavas103. Thanks for joining and good luck with the rest of the season. Thank you, thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime. Nobody builds five G. Like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.